Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Thank you for listening to AFR. I'm Tim Wildman with Ed Battagliano. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Tim. Chris Woodward. Good morning. We three are in studio here, and uh, our good friend Dr. Ray Pritchard is supposed to be on with us, but we are having, well, Ed calls it that their internet. We're having that their internet problems. Yes. Huh? Some technical difficulties. We're not sure we'll be able to get Ray back. But, but. They are, we need to say the perfunctory technical difficulties and then what follows after that. Technical difficulties. difficulties. What do they always are say? Are bad. No. no. I don't know what else. Chris, would you have any idea how to fill in that sentence? Bear with us. No. that would. You didn't even use a verb there. <laughs> I don't think. Uh, te- I speak good. Technical difficulties, bear with us. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe you. Please stand by. How about that? Technical difficulties beyond our, our control. control. Okay. Okay. So that's what we're experiencing right now with the internet and our hookup with Ray Pritchard. So hopefully we'll get that worked out momentarily. <clears throat> Ed, uh, folks can join us on on the internet, on right? Yeah, we're certainly uh, hoping they can. So uh, if you would like to watch us do this program, you can do that on Facebook or YouTube. Although I think we are checking on YouTube. Okay, you – oh, not Facebook. All right, so huh? beyond – there's a lot going on beyond our control. You're so confusing we, me. What now? So uh, Facebook right now is uh, is down in terms of our show. So check it out. Facebook and YouTube, typically you can search for today's issues and watch this program. But yeah. I'll tell you what, you can listen. Mm-hmm. And in fact, if you're listening right now, that's because there are no technical difficulties. You can listen to this program streamed live on your computer at AFR.net. We stream all of AFR's programming live, the audio stream. Uh, you can also access podcasts from AFR.net of all your favorite programs. If you are going to be traveling and going to be away from your terrestrial radio station, you can still listen to AFR by downloading the AFR app and listening wherever you have a good signal. So last night, I guess about 10 or 11 o'clock central time, uh, I uh, heard, I forgot how I heard it exactly. Maybe it was the internet. I think I was looking at the news, Chris, Mm -hmm. and the reporting began that uh, Russia right. had, was firing on Ukraine mm-hmm. and uh, thus the invasion mm-hmm. of, of, of Ukraine began, right? Right, yeah. Uh, basically, Putin ignored threats of international sanctions from the U.S. and other nations saying, we're going to hit your economy hard. Uh, Putin ordered a, a pre-dawn attack on Ukraine and uh, moved further into the country. Um, the... G7 is meeting today, G7 being the world's uh, seven largest uh, countries economically. They're meeting today to discuss what to do about this situation. President Biden, at this point at least, is scheduled to address the nation at 11.30 Central today. C-SPAN and some other news outlets will have that, but definitely well, a concern You're talking about here. a couple of hours from Yes, now? sir. Mm-hmm. And we'll cover it as well 
uh, on AFN.net and on the radio later today. But I do have a little bit of sound here from uh, people in Ukraine kind of describing situations on the ground here. Uh, this is Ukrainian man Shlomo Rosalo on Fox and Friends saying people are starting to panic. Clip one. We see a lot of tro- soldiers walking around with uh, with um, grenades launchers like those big ones. But And this, you have to understand, it's a capital city where where people are living peacefully in a way, right? Mm-hmm. So So when you wake up one morning after years of years of living a peaceful life, and then you have a war in your doorstep, you don't know what to do. And this is not, we're not talking about Israel that, unfortunately, Israel has experience with those kind of things, right? They're not. They're just Ukrainian people who live their daily life normally. They don't have a lot of, you know, it's not a, an expensive life. And nobody knows what to do. Very concerning there. Uh, first, let me just let our listeners know uh, Facebook is back up. Mm-hmm. So you can go to uh, today's issues and click through and watch this radio program. Yes, this is, um, you know, most of us have had a pretty peaceful life unless you live in America in the big cities, mm-hmm. okay? And your life has been far from peaceful because of the crime. But in terms of war in Europe, there there been there have been wars, thinking about Kosovo and things mm-hmm. like that. But this has been called the largest invasion in Europe since World War II. So that's what some people are, are, are saying, and nobody's quite sure exactly what Vladimir Putin, the president of Russia, is. What's his end game? Mm-hmm. Is it to take over Ukraine and install a puppet government, whatever? Um, they've been hitting, for the most part, military installations and command and control uh, centers, uh, air defense systems, so on and so forth. So it doesn't seem to be – they're not trying to level – the uh, city of uh, Kiev, I think, is the way they pronounce it. Some now. people say Kiev. Kiev, okay. Kiev is another. They pronunciation. Don't, I, I, I found out that Kiev was the pronunciation under the Soviet Union, mm-hmm. and so a lot of Ukrainians don't like that pronunciation. So, Kiev. I like Kiev. That's a little bit easier to to remember. So, this is uh, Tim. This is um, where we're at, and well, where Europeans are at. Well, the, you know, point. we. Uh, I will say this uh, to the credit of uh, our American uh, intelligence and other countries too. I'm sure, uh, maybe participated with us in mm-hmm. in in uh, gathering the information and observing and doing analysis. That has that 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 this is not a complete surprise. Obviously. Um. President Biden has been saying for what two weeks now that Russia is getting ready to invade. Mm-hmm. Personally, I didn't believe him. <laughs> and he, I mean, well, huh? it was because he was saying any day now. Yeah, and apparently the Russians didn't have all their assets yeah. in place. But to your point, he was saying any day now, and, and it never. And he was right. Yeah. yeah, and he was right about that. So that's uh, yet to the credit of the American uh, intelligence on this now. Uh, this is uncharted territory we're in. This is why it's, I'm going to use the word scary. Mm-hmm. Even for us just sitting here in, in America, far, far removed, an ocean removed and from uh, physical warfare, I say it's scary because it's a, it's a well, what's next? 
situation and could this escalate mm-hmm. into something beyond what it is uh, that is an invasion of a sovereign country by a a superpower I, at least russia isn't is a superpower militarily i don't know if i'd necessarily call him a superpower economically although as we'll talk about later mm-hmm. the uh the natural resources that they control which provides energy especially to europe mm-hmm. i had no idea they were so significant so you also have to think about this and that is vladimir putin the uh what's his proper title over there President, huh? president of Russia. Okay, the president of Russia. Ed and I were talking this morning, and Ed and I have brilliant conversations. <laughs> huh? Uh, we think so. W- yes, we grade each other out very well. Uh, no, uh, we were t- we were discussing this this morning that Vladimir Putin has probably been doing war games and cost analysis for this decision for. Two or three years, who mm-hmm. knows? Maybe longer. I know there's been a tension between Ukraine and Russia for eight years. Oh, yeah. They, they've been, you know. So, uh, in fact, I've heard some Ukrainians. Uh, on the, I was listening to the BBC, and they were doing some reports, and the, they were saying, hey, we've been, we've been, uh, this was military, Ukraine. We've been, this is not totally unexpected. We've, they've been threatening and building up towards this. For years, mm-hmm. according to this person. Uh, but by, I mean, it's the great unknown as far as what the next step will be. If, in fact, Putin has been calculating all this, you know, preparing for this moment, he knew that uh, the United Nations would condemn him and that he would be sanctioned economically by who, who all sanctioned him? European countries? And America, well, that there's a variety. And what what do sanctions mean? I don't even know what that. I know what sanctions mean, but a lot of it has to do with uh, banking, uh, money to money transfers, uh, things that would fund their government. Okay, so he must have thought Putin. Hey, they may do this. They probably will. But even if they do, it's not going to hurt us that bad. It's still worth doing. Yeah, it's still worth invading. You know. So well, because the the sanctions here. Here's the position the squeeze, if you will, that Western European countries uh, are in. You have, uh, in as of 2020, I, I have not found uh, uh, 2021 figures, but as of 2020, 35% of the EU, European Union gas imports, came from Russia. Right. That was up from 26% in 2010. So that's a pretty significant percentage. You have some countries that get more than 90% of their natural gas from Russia, including like Finland, 94%, Bulgaria, 74%. France gets 24%, Germany, 49%. So is that going to continue? Well, now what Putin has said is we're not cutting off the natural gas, but everybody in Europe knows what if he changes his mind? Right. But isn't, can, it, isn't it kind of a surreal 
if you're in France, for example, France gets how much or whatever? Uh, France Germany? gets 24%, yeah. but Germany gets 49%, Italy 46%, Poland. Other natural gas. 40% natural gas. Which is used for homes, heating purposes, so, electricity. I guess surreal in the sense that uh, we condemn Russia for invading Ukraine. This is a terrible humanitarian mm -hmm. issue. Now, somebody get that check for Putin. Yeah. Uh, because we owe him some money for the natural gas we got coming in. It doesn't that seem. Yeah. And, and in a very real sense, what's kind of bizarre about all this is that selling fuel to Western Europe, Russia doing this, in other words, has helped them modernize their military yeah. since the collapse of the Soviet Union. And now that military is on display. And what's Western Europe going to going to do yeah. about it? Several weeks ago, uh, about a month, the White House uh, made some phone calls with the press, uh, basically did kind of a, everybody call in and we'll give you some background on what we're trying to do here. The Biden administration, about a month ago, uh, started talking with other countries that have access to natural gas um, resources, and they started to devise ways like who can help fill the void if Russia were to cut off the tap, so to speak. Now, the United States, praise God, is kind of the Saudi Arabia of natural gas. Texas and the state of Pennsylvania itself are some of the largest natural gas resources in the world. So we do have the ability to help our allies out, as do a lot of other countries. The concern that we might run into here is what if we need it? Uh, well, and uh, we already have gasoline prices, fuel prices going up mm -hmm. substantially, as well as uh, the, the cost of other uh, products in right. the U.S. So if there is less here, natural gas, because we're shipping it to Europe, that's going to drive up prices mm -hmm. even more. Let me update the numbers I was talking about. I found 2021 figures. Russia's share of gas imports into the EU, the economic, the uh, European Union, in 2021 was more than 41% of their needs. So that was a 7% increase uh, from 2020. So uh, we're talking Russia. By the way, Ray, are you with us now? I'm here, Tim. Okay. Right. Oh, okay, good. Welcome back from the, you were like. Wherever you were. Yeah, you were like I, out I, there I, somewhere. I was lost in cyberspace <laughs> somewhere, floating around. We, we got you reestablished here. Um, right uh, right before we get back to this, well, let me finish this uh, with A, and then we'll come to Ray because the, the the we're talking here about natural gas, right now. But Russia, because of its its vast land mass mm -hmm. that it uh, all the way to the Pacific encompasses, mm -hmm. has uh, enormous natural resources. Timber uh, is timber a natural resource? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Okay, it isn't the first thing that comes to mind, but uh, <laughs> thank you for adding that, Chris. Yeah. I do what I can. Yes, but uh, <laughs> timber, you're right. They got a lot of trees there, except in, I guess, in Siberia. Right. Um, but uh, what I'm saying is that uh, they control enormous uh, amount of, of energy, natural resources, mm -hmm. and they send those around the world and particularly into Europe. So I don't know, right? We were talking, what is what are the European countries? I don't think the European countries can do much, quite frankly. Go ahead, Ray. Well, number one, they are not in any—they're not in any position right now to go to full-scale war 
in Ukraine, right? So we all understand that. Germany isn't, France isn't, Spain isn't. They're not, Hungary certainly isn't. They're not going to do that unless that's a last resort. And as Ed, you pointed out, the, the oil the oil issue in Europe is so huge. They are so dependent on imported oil from Russia. Puts them in a very bad position. Mr. Putin saw all this, right? And he understood there was weakness in the White House, weakness from the West, knew that we wouldn't do anything else. And so he moved in. And I don't think he's going to stop until he has deposed Mr. Zelensky and the Ukrainian government and put a puppet regime in instead. You think that'll happen in the next month? Uh, if if it happens, it'll happen much quicker than that, I think, Tim. I think this is a, a huge military movement. And I think if it's going to happen, it'll happen more like so, in the next so week the or like, 10 days. The, the chances are that the uh, Ukrainian military, I don't know much about the Ukrainian military, except that I, I have heard that the U.S. has and uh, other NATO countries have put in a lot of resources mm-hmm. right. into building up Ukrainian military in the last eight years or so however that you go well maybe that's the reason putin's doing this (laughs) you know what i'm saying because it's kind of a cat chasing the tail yeah uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of back and forth by the way what ray was talking about i have an article here from the uh, u.s energy information administration three countries provide uh have in 2021 provided almost 70% of liquefied natural gas in Europe in 2021. Number one, United States. Number two is Qatar or Qatar, mm-hmm. however you want to pronounce it. Number three is Russia. So that's where the majority of their liquefied natural gas comes from. You know, I, 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 I probably should have looked this up, but um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Russia had here in the past had a pro-Russian government installed. Uh, I want to say Yukonovich or something was the guy's name. And the Ukrainian people voted him out. And I think that's how Zelensky got in. So Russia has been trying to influence Ukraine and bring it back into its orbit. And the Ukrainian people just, they don't like the Russians. Uh, Now, there are Russian majority parts of the country down towards the Black Sea, but the vast majority of Ukrainians don't like the Russians because of, I guess, because of what Stalin did yeah. to them. Maybe, maybe it's like millions. their baby boomer well, population remembering what it was like. Yeah, They're more Western European. Ray, you can speak to this. Ukrainian would be more Western European uh, as opposed to Russia, which is uh, a more, I guess, dictatorial-style government. Go ahead. Well, when you go to Ukraine, it really depends on where you are. It's just like Ed was saying, the further east you go, the greater the Russian influence. In fact, this uh, Donetsk region in, in far eastern Ukraine, there's heavy Russian influence there, right? There's heavy Russian influence in Crimea. But if you go to the west, now, now Kiev is, is sort of in the central part of the country, but if you head west of Kiev and head toward the, the, the Europe that we know, that is much more ethnically Ukrainian, and they are much more anti-Russian in their sentiment at this point. So it depends on where you are. In the east, which is where Russia already has a foothold, and in the south, and they're attacking now from the north and the east and the south. The only part they're not attacking from is the west because that's Hungary, and that's that leads into Europe. And so the Zelensky government, Ukrainian army, they are in a bad situation and there's nobody coming to their aid 
Not yet. Yeah. No. And you don't know, we talked about this earlier uh, before the show, you don't know how the, the Ukrainian military is not small, no. but they're, they're not experienced like, like the Russians. And you just have no idea how long they'll stand up to an all-out assault. When you've got missiles raining down, a lot of artillery raining down. Well, this down, is another just, thing, and I, I'm, I'm no military strategist, but, I mean, if you're just common sense tells me if, if Vladimir Putin is willing to do what he's done the last 24 hours, 48 hours, he knows, uh, he, he feels confident, he can, if, if necessary, he can take down the Ukrainian uh, uh, military and then tell them, listen, Mm-hmm. Either you give up, wave the right flag, or we're rolling in. We're rolling in with tanks, mm-hmm. uh, and we're going. We're going to take physically going to go in and take over your yeah. uh, your cities. Now you can't occupy forty million people. Right. <laughs> I mean, no. you, what I'm saying, you can't. There's too many people there, but you can take over the levers of power and tell them, you know. Uh, and, 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 you use Ukrainians to do right. your bidding. You can do that without necessarily having to blow up the whole, yeah, the whole right. the whole country. But but my my main point is here: if you have a person that is like Vladimir Putin, as we understand him to the extent that we can, and he knows there's nothing to check him other than Ukraine, other than the Ukrainian military, such that it is. We, I, I guess we're about to find out. Right. Uh, then, then the history of world history says that people in that position do things because they can. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. There's no, there's not much of a moral consideration at, at well, all. Go ahead. Well, well, to add one other fact to the military uh, equation here. Russia at this point has undisputed air superiority. And here in the 21st century, that is maybe the decisive element. It's not that the Ukrainians don't have an air force. They do, but they cannot match what the, what the Russians can put in the air. And that's giving them tremendous cover for the Russian army as it moves into Ukraine. Yeah. I mean, it, you could get to a point, it seems to me, where the Ukrainian government has to consider on 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 the part of their people, are we ready for mass casualties or, and we're not getting any, we're not getting any military support from the West, including the United States. Uh, or do we just say this game is over? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we can't, we can't, we can't win. And all we can do is see our country completely decimated. That, 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 I think, Putin has made that calculation. In fact, he has put out the message to the Ukrainian military, lay down your arms right. and you can go back to your home. And, you know, at, at some point, as you as you said, Tim, uh, if you're in the Ukrainian military, you're thinking, well, we're not going to stop them anyway. That's what I'm saying. You know, what's what's and we're not going to get boots on the ground kinds of help. We're, we, you know, we're getting the Americans aren't missiles. the Americans aren't coming. Right. Nobody's nobody's coming. Yeah. Can we stop them? And if if we can, you know, what's the cost? And if we can't, why delay the inevitable? Yeah. I mean, that's that's what that's what people's listen. When we took when when our country spread to the West, that's what we did. We took it because we could. And then if you're a Native American tribes, you you at some point have to decide, well, do we fight forever? Do we surrender? 
I mean, I'm, that's I'm just... also hearing the you know the argument from the uh, Russians that, and others that hey, listen, America has no right to speak on this issue because we went into Iraq, a sovereign country. Yeah, we just decided we would invade it because we under have... would turn out to be incorrect, erroneous, false pretenses, pretenses, and we took it. So. I don't know if you can define fair <laughs> in world events necessarily, or right. or what's what's altogether is it altogether black and white, right and wrong? Uh, I guess it, a lot of it, some a lot of it depends on what your history is and what how you view the world. Yeah. Uh, so if I can impart more moral relativism when we get <laughs> when we when we get back from this break, I'll be glad to do that, ladies and gentlemen. Why is it important to have our children read the Word of God out loud every day? Here's Joseph Parker. The Word of God is pregnant with the ability to bless us, to transform us, to save us, to heal us, to encourage us, to lift us up, to mold and guide and shape our perspective, our attitude, our whole outlook on the world. Nothing will bless our lives more than the powerful Word of God. For more encouragement, read Joseph's article, Children Who Read the Word of God, at afa.net slash the stand. You know, most tours of our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., don't include the spiritual heritage of our country, the Christian history of our nation, the people, the places, the events that God used to birth America. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. My friend, historian Stephen McDowell of the Providence Foundation, goes with us on these tours and he talks all along the way. He tells you about the people, the places, the events, and he does so from a Christian perspective. So you're invited to join us on one of these spiritual heritage tours in June and September. We also go to Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown on a separate tour if you want to do that as well. So for all the information, go to spiritualheritagetours.com. Again, simply the website spiritualheritagetours.com. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stearns. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. Robin Strader is a 72-year-old nurse practitioner in Keller, Texas. She is also a Christian, a member of the local Baptist church. She worked at a CVS pharmacy for more than six years, all the while with a religious accommodation. Over the years, a few customers would ask Robin about contraception. On those rare occasions, she referred patients to another nurse practitioner or she referred them to another clinic. Robin believes all human life is created in God's image and should be protected. But one day, CVS announced they would no longer honor religious accommodations. They said it was too much of a burden. And not long after that, Robin was fired. She's now represented by First Liberty Institute. They accused CVS of discrimination. First Liberty says Robin should not be forced to choose between her faith and her job. My new book is available, Our Daily Biscuit Devotions with a Draw. You can get a copy at ToddSterns.com. 
Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of Today's Issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of Today's Issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. You want to send us an email, go to comments at AFR.net, comments at AFR.net. I'm Tim with Ed and Chris. We're in our studios here in Tupelo and in Kansas City, KS is our good friend, Ray Pritchard, and we're talking about the big story internationally. Uh, the last 24 hours, at least, uh, is the uh, Russia invasion of Ukraine, and the war has broken out there in that part of the world, and nobody really knows what's going to happen the next 24 hours, really, and how could this escalate and and will we have a massive refugee problem? Will Ukraine military be able to hold up to the Russian military? We've talked about that. Uh, will Will China take advantage mm-hmm. of world chaos to do something? For example, yeah. we haven't even talked about that. They claim Taiwan is China. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so that's just to throw another worry. Yeah. I do want to. I, I do want to get to at some point the uh, practical economic implications here that will affect maybe everybody in the world, but uh, there's a lot of talk about uh, gasoline prices Mm -hmm. skyrocketing here in the United States as a result of this. Uh, But we have as our guest for the next few minutes, Jan Markell, who's on most Thursdays with us during this time. Jan is host of Understanding the Times, uh, and she's uh, the president of Understanding the Times radio show heard weekends here on AFR. And she's also um, the president of uh, the Olive Tree Ministries. Good night. (laughs) I was up to 1 o'clock last night, which was actually 1 o'clock last morning. Uh, Jan, Jan, good morning to you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for being on again. What do you got coming up on your show this weekend first? Uh, Curtis Bowers, uh, he's producer of the Agenda documentary DVDs. Um, We'll talk about global government, and uh, just some general instability, which obviously kind of went on overdrive here in the last 12 hours, <clears throat> very sadly. Um, it's just tragedy what's going on on uh, the other side of the world. Good people there, too. Yeah, do you know anybody in Ukraine? I don't, but there are many Jews and many Christians in Ukraine, and we've all heard, heard of the wonderful Ukrainian Baptist, so... Uh, they, I'm told they are stunned, both Jews and Christians. They did not think this was going to happen. They thought it was kind of a, maybe just a drama, and it turned into a very nightmarish drama for, for everyone. So um, I think the casualties and the refugees is going to be staggering unless uh, there's a miracle. You know, we need to be you, praying. You know, in, talking about that, the Israeli government um, told their people to get out by, yep. their, by their people, I mean, they had 15,000 Israeli citizens who were doing business or government business in Ukraine. They told them a couple of weeks ago, you need to get out. And I was reading reports after that that 
there were nobody on the planes from Ukraine going back to Israel. In other words, they were basically ignoring yeah. what their government was uh, saying to them. It, that's kind of to your point right there, uh, what you're talking about, it, Jan. I think there's a sounds like to me there's a lot of shock and surprise by the yes, people who yes. live there that this actually is happening. Yes. Um, I, I think nobody expected the uh, level <clears throat> the level of, of, of brutality that's going on. Um, after all, he said, well, he'll go into those two territories and he'll maybe he'll stop there. <clears throat> and quite frankly, a week ago, there were people, and it was a national holiday in Ukraine, and they were waving flags and, and dancing and kind of celebrating in the street that was celebrating their independence or celebrating a national holiday. Um, you could tell by looking at their faces, nobody expected this. So, so now they're, it's shock and awe reality that they have to deal with, and that's hard to do, particularly when you're under siege. Which, which the, it's not just a couple of cities. I believe it's now 25 cities are under attack. This is, this is flashback 1940. <clears throat> Whoever thought 1940 would come back in 2022. Um, but the Bible talks about in the last days wars and rumors of wars, um, and there are other conflicts in the world. It's just this is, they're not as sophisticated as one that Vladimir Putin is pulling off, and it is sophisticated, believe me, very. Um, Jan, this is uh, Ed. I was uh, watching, uh, well, I was reading some of the uh, Twitter responses to the announcements early this morning. And people uh, one hour ahead of time in the eastern part of the country especially were responding. And I was really kind of surprised at the uh, naivete on -hmm. the part of a lot of people. First of all, saying, uh, I I mean, a lot of people saying, I'm sending my energy to Ukraine. Please let this stop. Uh, You mean like new age type stuff? Yes, new age stuff. I'm sending my energy and... Uh, why doesn't the United States send our military over there and things like, well, good, because we need to move away from fossil fuels anyway. Just wow. completely uh, uh, completely yeah. separated from reality. And I, I wonder, we've had, you know, decades of relative peace. We had Kosovo right. and some of those things. But you, you see just that kind of ignorance of history and especially human nature where that so many people in Europe and the United States just don't understand that sometimes people are just evil. And if China acts and goes after Taiwan or something like that, there are right. going to be a lot of stunned millennials and Gen Zers who just have never really been confronted face-to-face with evil and and the the use of sheer will and power to get what people want. Absolutely. Uh, you know, they've never known hard times. <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> we're losing, of course, the World War II generation, <clears throat> who not only knew hard times, but got us through hard times. Right. Um, <clears throat> then came the baby boomers, who really don't know much about this kind of conflict. <clears throat> and certainly the under age 40 know nothing about it whatsoever. But, you know, I think Ed, that also reflects um, <clears throat> the, the cavalier attitude that you're talking about, um, I think society today is, is so pampered and is, is so unaware of real reality. They're in a bubble world. They're in a fantasy land. And, and reality is, has been knocking at the door of America and the Western world for two years with this COVID situation and shutdowns and financial crisis.
crunches and, and more of that's to come, the financial. <clears throat> so I, you know, I personally, I think this is all a wake-up call from God. And But I want to say one more thing about, about the Russian situation. Honestly, what Russia does is rather irrelevant until it makes its move on Israel, which it will someday, and it could be soon. And that that's, comes out of Ezekiel 38 and 39, the Gog-Magog, G-O-G, Gog-Magog conflict of Ezekiel 38-39, when Russia moves down to seize the wealth of Israel. Now, my question is, could Putin, because he's in an expansion mood, he's not going to let this expansion idea leave his head now ever. Is his next move Syria, perhaps, to take that over? If he does, then I believe his next move would be Israel, which would be the Gog-Magog war. So in a sense, we have something apocalyptic potentially going on in time-ish. We don't know. That's all speculation. But why would he suddenly, I think he's in a, an aggressive mode, and that mode is not going to go. He's emboldened. Yep, yep. This is going to be all interesting to see what happens, and we need to pray for the people in uh, Ukraine in particular. Uh, Jan just Absolutely. said. Absolutely. Many good people there. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Jan, listen, uh, we uh, thanks so much for being on with us this morning. We look forward for understanding the times this Thank weekend, you. and uh, we will we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much. Bye now. That's our good friend, Jan Markell. Understand the Times, her uh, program airs Saturdays at 1 Central and Sundays at noon Central, and Jan has a lot, a lot of listeners to her show on American Family Radio. Can I just add one quick thing, too? I, I did. I, I want to try to be careful when I take a swing at millennials and Gen Zers because there are a lot of fine young people. We have many of them working at, at AFA and AFR. So I, I, I don't want that to be, uh, to be interpreted as a blanket statement when I was talking about the, you know, being separate from reality. So uh, okay, well, a lot, good, make... good, lot of good young people. <laughs> All right, I'll make it a blanket statement then. Okay. 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 No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Hey, Ray, or Chris, welcome back to today's issues. Well, I just – What are you? I'm, are you a millennial? Technically, yes. When were I'm, you born? I was uh, – I'm on the oldest – or the, the oldest end of the spectrum, 1982. Uh, definitions you're an of old millenni- you're an old uh old millennial old millennial yeah i'm the papa smurf of the uh millennial <laughs> team we have here uh engage uh yeah so definitions vary for millennial but it would be 80s or 90s then it became 81 to 97 then it became 82 to 98 so i i am by some definitions a millennial man Ray. Listen, I'm a, I, I'm an old baby, baby boomer. boomer. Yeah. I'm an early years baby boomer. I'm I'm sorry, right. senior senior in terms of all the age here. You know, let me let me just make a comment about what Jan said and just the general here, because she made some interesting comments about Israel, Russia, and so on. You know, Ed, you alluded earlier to Taiwan, and the eyes of the world were, are on Ukraine, right, to see what Russia is doing and how far they're going to go. Taiwan is another whole kettle of fish over there in Asia. That's a really dangerous situation. I'm looking right now at the Drudge Report, and I see the, you know, the first headline, something about Putin nuke warning, which is scary enough, but the very next headline on 
Drudge Report says countdown WW3. If indeed China were to attack uh, Taiwan, which at any moment they could do that, any moment that can happen, we would then truly be on the on the doorstep of the Third World War. We are living in very dangerous, very unstable yes. times. Well, to your point, China, if you've been paying attention to the news, has been, uh, I use the, uh, doing somewhat, uh, I use an air quotes, military buildup. Uh, it's different because it's an island as opposed to Ukraine, which is a next door neighbor and Russia, the Russia comparison. But still, uh, they've been doing maneuvers. I'm talking about the Chinese military in the, in the sea around Ukraine, flying over, excuse right. me, fly, I'm talking about Taiwan, flying over uh, Taiwan, just intimidating yes. uh, uh, military activity. And we see, so to your point, Ray, that could happen anytime because the Chinese government views Taiwan as their property in the same way Vladimir Putin looks at Ukraine basically as a Russian state. Yeah, as a, as a part of Russia, so uh, that 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 could happen, you know. God forbid. Right. China because- China used an interesting word talking about Taiwan in Beijing. They they said that Taiwan is an inalienable, meaning it cannot be separated. It's an eternal part of of China. So that would be their pretext at any moment. Now, right now, it's Thursday night over in Asia. No one in Taiwan, I, I would think, is sleeping very well tonight because of the, the dangers. China already is flying over their territory. So, right. yeah. wow, yeah. what dangerous times we're in that, right now. I mean, just say one other thing I was thinking about last night, how the world is different than it was in the 20th century. Of course, we went through, well, the world went through World War I and then World War II, and uh, basically, the wars were fought with soldiers and military might, and who, whoever had the best generals and the most power ended up winning the day. Okay. Yeah. In t- in today's world, there's dynamics that are different that have to be factored in. Number one is our world is is connected economically, and it wasn't in the 20th century for the most part. Now, the late part of the 20th century, it, it was. But I'm talking about the factors that we have to consider today, like Europe does. Where do we get our energy from? Well, Russia. Well, that means we can't do much to stop Russia and Ukraine or else uh, – or half our citizens freeze to death. Uh, who wants to make that choice? Yeah. You see what you see what I'm saying, right? And then you have, and then you have not only that that those considerations, you have uh, trade considerations. Uh, this country is connected to that country, which means they buy from them, which they buy from them, and it's just, and 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 financial transactions are going on around the world like never before. You, you know, every morning if you pay attention to these things, they'll say the the market in Hong Kong did this and the market in, uh, you know, I don't know wherever it is, the big one in, in Europe did this. And then uh, the stock market in New York. And so, I mean, what I'm saying is 
there are so many considerations now that didn't used to be there during when we made black and white movies with with uh, Audie Murphy. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> right, you, know, right. you, you know what I'm saying, Ray? So uh, that's a that's a big deal. The second thing that's that's changed completely in the last few years, last few decades, and certainly today is there's uh, high tech warfare. Mm-hmm. Okay, that didn't used to be right. there. Cyber attacks, we read about those. That's you could, I mean, short of killing people physically, you start. You start attacking their way of life that they use computers for. It can make life miserable and, mm-hmm. and worse. So you got that fact. Plus the high tech end of warfare, as in smart war, smart bombs and Drones. launching, la- yeah, launching weapons from thousands of miles away. Mm-hmm. All these things uh, that changed everything. It's not just uh, you know in the history of the world. Basically, a soldier's on horseback. Are, are walking through you know what i'm saying yeah. oh yeah and it's a different it's a different world out there but today you're listening to uh, today's issues on american family radio sandy rios joins us now sandy's at cpac conservative political action committee which they meet annually it's a gathering of people involved in the conservative movement and sandy has her radio show from there in orlando at the hotel i guess jan uh Sandy, you there? I'm here. Good hey, morning. Hey, good morning. Are you in Orlando? I'm in Orlando. Uh, yeah, it's a beautiful hotel. It's Rosen something. It's Rosen Shingle. It's, I've never heard of it before, but it's beautiful. Hey, you don't want that. That hurts. Yeah. Um, you got to get four boosters for that <laughs> to, <laughs> to, keep, to keep from getting the, Rosen the, Shingles. The, the Rosen yeah. Shingles. Uh, so okay. just say, no, I'm in Florida. You don't yeah. have to have boosters. Right. This is oh, That's right. <laughs> Bad Joke Thursday right here, provided by Chris and Tim. Uh, okay, Sandy, tell us what's going on at CPAC. What what are you, what are you seeing there? What are you excited about? Uh, well, there's probably about 18,000 people that are going to be coming. Uh, and they have, you know, just great speakers. This morning I did uh, so many interviews. They, it's a radio row. That's my part of this. And uh, they have uh, radio hosts from all over the country come in and some television stations and then uh, very well-known people will come and do interviews with you. It's really nice because you can see them in person. So this afternoon, I'm interviewing Ted Cruz and, um, uh, uh, gosh, I, can't, I just went blank. Oh, Charlie Kirk and uh, Scott Walker tomorrow morning, and I just interviewed Matt Schlapp this morning. It just gives you an idea. So that's yeah. what I'm doing. But um, uh, Glenn Beck is going to be speaking at the Reagan dinner. Uh, President Trump will be here uh, Saturday. Uh, Governor De- is here today greeting he's going to be greeting everyone uh and it's so it's just it really uh, cpac is an interesting mix because matt schlapp who heads it up uh is a really strong conservative um in every way principal conservative on the moral issues and everything but cpac kind of pulls in all stripes of conservatives some maybe maybe not as hardliner on the social issues there's a, a wider tent it's just very interesting. It's very interesting, but the whole goal, of course, is to, to join together to try to save the country. But it's got a lot of energy. People are in. Uh, people, people are optimistic. I guess we're kind of crazy. We still believe we could actually yeah. pull things back. So, so, you, that's so what we're you, you're, to you're gonna. When are you uh, interviewing Senator Cruz? So this afternoon, actually, I'm going to do a pre-tape with him. I got gotcha. you. Eighteen thousand. 
people at a convention. Yeah, I know. That's a lot of people, right? Sounds like Amway, it 1982. A, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm looking for those products. I'm out of a few things, so. <laughs> well, hey, let me just tell you, if, if you can get 10 <laughs> right, people right, to work right. for you, right. you can uh, start and your own pyramid. they tell their friends, and they tell their that's friends. That's right. Yes, that's right. Uh, no, but it's a wonderful event, and I, and I appreciate uh, uh, you guys letting me come down here and yeah. And do this, Tim. So, yeah. Ray, you got any questions for Sandy? Uh, Sandy, just one one thing. We've been discussing Ukraine since the beginning of the program. Is there any what what's the what's the mood in terms of uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine? What are you hearing on the ground there at CPAC? Well, I uh, it's probably not the focus of everyone's attention like it is when you watch television, right? Uh, where this is all they talk about you know, 24-7. And so I'm probably not the best person to ask about that. I did talk to Gordon Chang about it this morning. Um, and he, of course, agrees that this is just giving China, you know, China's watching and just waiting to go into Taiwan. And all the uh, all the bad actors around the world are watching to see how very weak, weaker than they probably ever dreamed, uh, our, our national um, leadership is right now. And the, But the thing, my own personal feeling about this, for what it's worth, but this, to me, is quintessential political theater. We're watching a we're watching this ridiculous play, uh, and we're just helpless bystanders. But the Biden administration, I think, had wanted to use this as a way to boost his poll numbers. I'm just saying, if you've ever seen Wag the Dog, which came out during the Clinton years, it's about a president whose poll numbers are plunging, and so his advisors suggest the starting a war in some remote area of the world and that that would phone numbers would go up and that's exactly what happened uh, um, I think they're playing with us but it's a very dangerous game and of course Putin I think uh, that look what do I know I don't know any of this but it's just I've been around a long time and my sense of it is that Putin being what he is you know he's like that chest beating man's man it's the machismo of the Russian male uh, and I, I honestly don't think he intended to go in and invade Ukraine, to be honest with you. But I think he was goaded into it. And now I think that, you know, this is Biden's getting kind of what he wanted. He's getting a lot of face time on television. and He's trying to look like, you know, he's going to save the day when they're actually doing nothing. Their response to this has been so embarrassing. And so, um, you know, the sanctions, they, they, we said we're not going to send in troops. They kept saying that. Russia's going to invade, but we're not sending in troops. Um, we're going to uh, um, put on some sanctions, but we're not going to do that unless he invades. Um, and it could just go down the line. It's just talk. It's really political theater. But the problem is people are dying already. The cost of energy is going to skyrocket for us again and for the world. We have just... Um, it, it's, it's creating more destruction and chaos yeah. in the western in western economies and it's so tragic yeah well sandy's there's uh, more sunshine coming from, from <laughs> coming from coming from florida you, know, i'll tell you the sunshine yeah you can, from God, the sunshine God state sandy beams forth when you get the rosen shingles uh, it changes your perspective yeah 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 <laughs> just, uh, well just, you know what that's you know you know we talked about this the old testament prophets that story about how the they one of them told the king the truth, and he didn't like it because the other prophets were tickling his ears. So I just—it is bad news. We've yeah, got trouble. I know. And 
And uh, but we do trust God, and that's the good news. Amen. We have a wonderful Savior. And so that's the good news. That's why I'm not depressed in spite of all this. Amen. And uh, <laughs> you are there with eighteen thousand uh, patriotic Americans uh, <laughs> who are coming in for C spec. Does it officially begin today or yesterday or? Well, there. I think. I think it actually officially begins today, okay. midday, uh, like okay. after lunch. Okay. Uh, but it goes. They, they changed the timing, and I think it goes through Sunday. It yeah. did last year. Also, they changed. It used to I, end up on Saturday night. You know, I've, I've never been, uh, and I, I would, next year I'm going to go. Maybe we could, maybe we could do our show from there too. Yeah, Ed. that'd be great. Yeah, we'll get, you should. Will you, you Sandy? Come. Use Sandy's table. Yes, you know what I'm saying? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, sure. We, all right. We, if you can, I don't know, go into. Orlando in February? I am I'm all gonna, in favor of you going to gonna, Florida and I'm taking gonna, me with Chris you. Chris wants to carry our bags. <laughs> I'm going to have to pray about that. <laughs> i got to reach those millennials. Know. Ray doesn't, he doesn't care if it's a mask or not. He's getting on the plane. That's right. Let's go. Group Ray will ride his bike. Okay. Th- listen, Sandy, thanks for representing us there, and uh, we look forward to all your great interviews, and uh, and we will talk to you next time, okay? Okay, great. Thanks, Tim. Talk okay. to you soon. Right. Bye-bye. Thank you, Bye-bye. That's our own Sandy Rios. Uh, Speaking of warfare, you want Sandy on your team. Yes, you bet. Right there. That's right. Sandy represents our ministry. She's a director of governmental affairs for us here at AFA. She's so well connected in the conservative movement and uh, in Washington. And smart as a whip. Washington, D.C. She knows so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we are – pray for Sandy and, uh, and Bruce, her husband. Uh, they just uh, – to do dynamic work for us here yeah. at AFA and AFR. And we need Sandy to keep going strong for a That's long right. time to come. Amen. Mm-hmm. I don't, we don't need to forget about that. Orlando, if it's at CNP. Well, you got our producer we'll, right we'll there. We'll talk to Brent. Brent Creeley. Put <laughs> it on the calendar, <laughs> brother. We need to remember about that. Especially, I didn't realize there were so many people there. You realize the kind of interviews you could get? Yeah, especially if it's in Orlando and February. <laughs> if they if they switch That's it right. to, if they switch it to Detroit or Minneapolis, forget Minneapolis, it. Yeah, you right. just we won't we, be called. We to don't do that. we don't feel that. No, that's not. Any, there's not any conviction about going there. <laughs> that happened. Not, no, no disrespect to those cities. I'm sure they're great right. in the summertime. We'll be back momentarily. Stay with us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.